This is the non-microwave truth and I am CL Whiteside. How are you doing today? How's the weather wherever you're at? You chose to tune in to the non-microwave truth when you could be listening to something else or doing something else. But you didn't. And I appreciate that. that that's love. Now let's get into our first world problem question today. Do you like small talk? Do you see the point of it? And when you're like, what's small talk? I'm talking about like the weather, talking about sports, talking about food. Hey, did you order the beautiful weather today? Boy, if you don't go, like, do you like that type of conversation and those type of interactions? And just in case you're wondering, a better small talk example starter would be, man, I really enjoy this podcast called The Non-Microwave Truth. Are there any podcasts that you enjoy? Haha, <laughs> you see what I did there? But I know a lot of you are like, I hate small talk. I don't want to talk to this person anyway. And I really didn't want to talk about the weather or hear their sports opinion because they don't know what they're talking about. But as Christians, should we like to small talk? And even a bigger question is, do you think Jesus did small talk? Like, do you think he did? I was looking in John chapter four and John chapter five, and he started off asking questions, but I don't know if you necessarily will call it small talk. So in John chapter four, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, he said, will you give me a drink? That was like the first thing he said to her. And if you look at that, he unpacked a lot of different stuff in there. You should go back and read that. He, he asked a lot of different questions and they turned that small talk into some big talk. Like they got to the nitty gritty and it was a, it was a real in-depth conversation. In John chapter five, some people might deem this as a small talk starter when he asked the question, do you want to go to the well? Now, I'm gonna give you a little background. Jesus was in Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals and there was a pool nearby in Jerusalem. A great number of disabled people used to lie there, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. It says in John chapter five, one who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in the condition, in this condition for a long time, he asked this man that question, do you want to go to the well? And the man replied, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. So to the common person, to the common eye, it might seem like Jesus was starting small talk. But really, Jesus was he was asking some open ended questions to get to some bigger points. The theme continues in John chapter six. And this is before Jesus fed the five thousand. That's a whole lot of people to feed. It says when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asks us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. What a lot of us have in mind is, how in the world am I going to get out of this conversation? This is awkward. But you should already know my motto is, it's only awkward if you allow it to be awkward. So our first world problem question is this. Do you like to small talk? As Christians, should we small talk? And do you think Jesus small talk? Or would you just look at the examples that I gave you and be like, you know what, that was small talk turning into big talk. Maybe that's a, a theme or perspective that we need to practice and take into mind when we are having conversations with people. Hey, but let me know what you think on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. And this is our first word problem.
It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is We're Friends, Right? And shout out to the person for this idea. I got this idea from someone who who DM'd me on Instagram. And I started to name them, but then I was like, they may want to send this to a few of their friends. So I won't name this person, but shout out to you. Appreciate you. The idea is awesome. And I just want you to think about this. If someone asks you, who are your friends? And then they ask you, who are your Christian friends? Is there a different category for these two? Or are they the same? I think Generation Z and Millennials usually have two different categories. I'm talking about especially those in the age range range of 20 to 30 years old, having a category of friends and then having another category of these are my Christian friends. And I even got to thinking about this concept or this idea more the other week when I had three of my friends from college over for dinner and drinks. And somehow my wife and I, we got to rating and ranking how close we are to our friends. I don't know why they started asking us, but somehow we, we got on this. And what I noticed is for myself personally, is that the higher that I rated the person, 10 would have been like super, super close. One would have been not close at all. The higher I rated that person, it was more like the more range of things that I could talk about with that person. And how much could I go in depth with them? And talking about God. Now, when I think about it now, because I looked at some of the ratings after I reflected on it, I was like, man, I probably should have gave this person that rating. I probably should have gave that person that rating. There are like three or four people out of like the 20 people they asked me about, I would rate differently. And like I said, the range of the things that we can talk about matters. But what I really noticed on why I gave people usually higher ratings is like how much how in depth can we talk about God and kind of like how well can that person help me see God or give me a godly perspective when we're having a discussion or a conversation now with that being said I think there are a number of different things that we have been taught to not talk about at parties or at get-togethers the number one thing probably being politics don't talk politics but the second thing a lot of times the secular world would tell us not to talk about is our faith or talk about religion or talk about the word of God. But in my world, if I can't talk about my faith and talk about God, then it's going to be pretty difficult for a person to get to know me. And our friendship can only go so deep then. And on this episode of We're Friends, right? Think about the parties, the get togethers, the kickbacks, the family gatherings, the holidays that you are involved in. Like what is discussed there? What is usually discussed? And I think we got to throw in group chats and social media inboxes, especially if you have like a a group chat on Facebook or you share a bunch of stuff on Instagram or Snapchat. What are you discussing? What are you talking about? And on this episode of We're Friends, right? Something I noticed in a lot of spaces where majority of the people will call themselves Christians, God doesn't get talked about. Not as much as you may think, especially for a group of people who get together and say, you know, I'm a follower of Christ. We don't talk about the word of God like at parties or get togethers. We don't talk about it at barbecues unless something really, really bad has happened. Even then, if we don't have a history of talking about our faith or spiritual matters with this group, we tend to keep these type of matters to ourselves. And what are the usual topics? 
sports, talking about our family, talking about our job. We could talk about beer or wine or, or liquor. We could talk about the latest drama. We can talk about people we don't like. I can't stand her. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I really just don't care for them. People can even get on some unique topics like their dating lives or business moves. I've seen people that really don't even know each other that will share their finances. I've seen people start talking about their sex life and how to get freaky. And it's like, pause. How did y'all end up on this conversation? How did y'all end up here? Well, you see, we have these candles called Let's Get It On Tonight that are for sale. And I was just asking if anybody wanted to purchase one. And okay, you get the point. But like, why is that? What are reasons why we don't talk about God? We don't talk about the word in these spaces. Some reasons I've heard are, are kind of gathered. And the first one being people are afraid that like we don't agree. So they don't want to argue because I know that you're Catholic and you're Baptist and you're non-denominational and she's Lutheran. And he is, I don't know what he is. He calls himself spiritual. And it's one of those things where we don't necessarily want to get to arguing about the details of doctrine. But I, I kind of think about that, like, is that bad? And I say healthy conflict can be okay. And everything doesn't necessarily turn into an argument. And even if you did argue about it a little bit, think about all the stuff we argue about. A whole bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. The second reason we don't bring up the word of God in these type of spaces is we think we agree on everything. So it's kind of like, why talk about it? But what I've realized with this is it is a skill and sometimes it can be a necessity to be able to verbalize what you think, what you believe and be able to verbally say why. Like we have all these different things in our head, but we don't say it out loud sometimes, especially to another person. And what you realize at times is that things will arise that should arise that we don't necessarily agree on, but should definitely be talked about. The third reason why I've noticed people are very cautious to bring up God's word is because they don't want to bore someone who may not be familiar with the word of God. Like they don't want to offend someone else. And when I thought about that, I was like, yeah, that, that kind of does make sense. But then at the same time, it was like, so you don't want to offend them, but you don't want to be obedient to God who says, go and make disciples of all nations. Because I'm not talking about shoving it down people's throat and trying to convince them. I'm talking about sharing biblical truths and testimonies and not being afraid to give God the credit that he deserves. The fourth reason why people don't want to talk about God's word in these spaces is that our focus already is on the wrong things and we've created a bad pattern. Like we can sit up there and talk about women's body shapes. And this is definitely like a group chat phenomenon with somebody dropping a big booty pic in the chat. Or the focus can be on how men ain't worth a thing or how tired you are of a group of people. Like that can become the culture, that can become the norm, that can become the environment that we have established. So we don't leave a lot of room for God's word in that then. But there are definite reasons on why we should bring up God's word. We should bring up God's truths. And on this episode of We're Friends, right? I'm going to give you four reasons on why we should do that. The first one being, it keeps us from talking about garbage and gossiping. Proverbs 16 verse 28 tells us, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. The second reason is it's an opportunity for iron to sharpen iron. 
This is how you build relationships. And I don't know if you realize this, but God is all about relationships. Proverbs 27 verse 17 tells us, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And if you were to think about that, if iron and iron were to be touching or going against each other, there would be some friction. There would be some sparks, but that's okay. You can't have sharpening without what I would call constructive friction. And the third reason why is you are sharing the gospel when you engage in speaking God's word. Like the Holy Spirit can work on someone else. Like, think about this. Eternal life. Heaven or hell. That's the most important thing in our lives. But do we talk about it like it is? All right. You're supposed to be my friend. I'm supposed to be your friend. I really do care about you. Like, how can I not talk about this? I don't want to think about if you're good. I want to know you are good and in a good place. It's kind of like, how can you not talk about such an important thing? How can you not just want to share the hope and the peace that you have in Christ? When you, Because when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, God's word and your faith is way too important to not talk about. And... You can be inspired and encouraged by someone else's faith, someone else's testimony. Romans 1 verse 12 tells us that is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And the last reason that I'm going to give you is that all of us are going through something. And sometimes we don't even know we're actually going through something. And it's so great to be reminded of our biblical truths and hear other people's testimony. And be reminded of Christ's love and to have those microwave truths in our society be shut down, because if they're not being shut down, those are things that can start to fester in our mind. Those are things we can start to become callous to or be like, yeah, maybe it's not that bad or maybe it is this other way. Proverbs 17 verse 17 tells us a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Sharing with our Christian brothers and sisters should be a given. Like godly counsel is so much better, so much greater than worldly advice. You know, if I was you, I would do this, but you're not, you're not me. But man, how refreshing is it when someone reminds you of God's truth and gives you biblical truths and they talk from a place of transparency without celebrating sins or shortcomings? And I'll, I'll talk more about this later because all of this sounds good, but it's like, how do we get more comfortable doing this? How do we get more comfortable talking about God's word at the get together or the kid's birthday party or the restaurant or at the bar when you're having some drinks or the spa or the game or the backyard, wherever you are at? The first thing is this is something we have to pray on. Like we definitely have to pray on this. And we have to be intentional and okay with being uncomfortable, especially at the beginning. At the beginning, it will be uncomfortable for you. Now, I'm getting to a space where this is pretty comfortable for me to do. But there was a stretch where I didn't like doing this with people who did not call themselves Christians. Like I had a friend. I, I had a room. Man, matter of fact, he was my roommate for a while. We, we traveled. We kicked it like th that's my dog. But he, I don't know. I would say he avoided. I guess we kind of both avoided having a conversation and I usually lit him. And one day I was just like, you know, what what do you believe, man? He's like, man, you know, I'm like, no, fam, I, I don't know. So you got to you got to tell me. And he's like, well, this is probably a longer conversation that needs to be had. So let's talk about it next week. 
So I had to actually remember and be intentional. Like, yeah, you're not getting away this time. And we literally scheduled something, talked the next week, talked for about five hours, talked about three o'clock in the morning one day. And what I realized is people do want to talk about their faith, but they have fears based on what someone might say about them or how they might sound stupid or they don't want to seem weak because they have doubts. Or they realize we don't believe the same thing, so I don't want to offend you or I don't want to upset you or I don't want you upsetting me. So uncomfortability definitely may be a part of it, but it's one of those things that the more you do it, the more you get used to being uncomfortable. Now, on this episode of We're Friends, Right? This has probably been the biggest thing to help me have conversations and discussions with people that I call my friends. And it definitely keeps it from being a force. And it's just natural when we see each other to like, boom, let's start talking about this. It's because of, let's say I heard a really good sermon. I'm going to send it to a bunch of my friends. Or let's say one of my friends sees a video that's talking about an issue from a Christian perspective. They'll send it to me or they'll drop it in a group chat. Like I have a number of different people in my life where their only time to be fed spiritually is not Sunday. So they're doing different things to be fed. So they share that so I can be fed as well. And the same thing applies with different group chats, dropping a thought in a group chat with a biblical attachment. Like if you had a group chat that only sent you some mess, you don't need to respond to that mess. But what I've noticed with having a group of people that we send each send each other stuff, when we see each other in person, we're finishing up some of those conversations that we have and we're looking forward to seeing each other in person to talk about this stuff. Because even though we can do voice messages or drop like paragraphs and text messages, it's not the same as talking to a person in person. And I think you have to just look at it like this. It's the same thing as if someone sent you a picture of their new boo. And it's like when y'all get together, you're like, Saul, tell me about Stevie. It can help create excitement and give you something to talk about right away. Another thing that makes it comfortable to talk about these things in these different spaces, especially talking about the word of God, is inviting people to do devotions on the Bible app. You literally have something there to guide you to have a conversation. Usually that takes place on your phone. So when you see each other, this is the same thing. It sparks a conversation. And if people are around with the last two things that I've named, when people are around, they want to chime in. They want to be a part like, oh, y'all do a, y'all do a devotion And there have been a good number of people who said, send me an invite next time. And of course, the questions that you ask people when you do get in these get togethers and you do get in these spaces, it matters. That might be taken for granted, but it it definitely does matter. If you're just asking a person like, hey, how you been doing, bro? Like, good, fine. But asking faith type questions. Have you been going to a different church? Because I haven't seen you in a while. Or just asking the question, do you attend a church? A lot of people will give you that yes, or they'll give you the, you know, I used to, but I haven't in a while because of, and they can list off a whole bunch of different reasons. And then it's an opportunity to talk about something real and just being aware when people vent. Like a lot of times people want to jump on that and say, you should do this or you should do that. But a question I've learned to ask is, have you prayed about it? That opens up a whole different conversation. If it's people that I go to church with and I know they heard the same sermon that I heard, a lot of times I ask them, like, what did you get out of the sermon or what were your big takeaways from that? That's a really good one, though, because that helps me 
catch points and catch themes that I necessarily would have missed if I didn't ask that question. And another question that I ask, and I don't know why I started asking this because at first I think I thought it would be too intimate, but I usually get some very good responses from it is, hey, how is your faith doing? Or what are you doing to strengthen your faith? Like, what are you doing to become closer to God? And I'm probably amazed at how honest people are with that. And it's one of those things that you automatically start talking through. They might be talking out loud, not really even talking to you, but they are talking to you. And before you know it, you're having a discussion about it. Like, that's that Holy Spirit working right there, my man. And another question to ask people whether they think something is going super good in their life or they feel like, man, life sucks right now, is to ask them, what could I pray for you about? Job 16, verse 20, 21 tells us, my intercessor is my friend as my eyes pour out tears to God. On behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. That's part of being a friend. And sometimes when people share their anger, when they share their disappointment, the only thing that you can offer them is prayer. But there are times where you realize and look at it like, man, this is an opportunity for me to share my testimony and talk about how I was angry and how I was ticked at God because he let your five-year-old daughter have cancer. Or you share how you're struggling so much to date because everybody just wants to hook up. Or you share how the last few years have been really, really hard to talk about racial issues. Sharing your feelings is definitely that transparency that is needed. But to help with your comfort, studying and being in the word on your own, that allows you to bring up the biblical principles that allow for the best discussion possible. When you think about the dynamic of your relationships, the get togethers, you're a part of the discussions you have or you aren't having. First thing I want to say to you is try it. Try talking about stuff that actually matters. Talking about God's word, talking about God's truths and God's principles. And I want to remind you of something that God tells us in his holy word from Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As Christians, we have a best friend who is always looking out for us. That's God. Let's be sure to invite God into our conversations and discussions no matter the place. When we're with our friends, we have to remember we have a common best friend who has done so much for us in Christ. We can do more than name drop him. We can allow him and his perspectives we've gotten to know from his word to be the focus of our conversations and discussions about the stuff that really, truly does matter. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of We're Friends, Right? And if you're definitely thinking to yourself, man, I have a couple of friends or a group of friends I would like to discuss God's word with more, share this podcast with them. See what they're thinking. Get their thoughts. And thanks again to the people who have hit me up with some podcast ideas. I think I have a nice little series coming up. Ludo. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out. <laughs>